Good morning. Welcome back to my channel. This is Janelle Petrosino and you are listening to Strength and Struggle podcast. Today, I want to talk to you guys about something completely left field. It has nothing to do with mindset, has nothing to do with daily practices um, in regard to you know setting the tone for reaching your goals and your dreams, but it is a very important topic. And today I want to talk to you about food intolerances. And um, you guys, Every single week I meet someone new that has a food intolerance and I'm such a nerd about this. I could talk about it for hours. I could talk about the science. I could talk about why it's happening. I could talk about what is happening inside your body Um, and I could bore you, I'm sure, Uh, but I'm just going to talk to you today about just some things to really think about. Number one, when you're trying to figure out if you have a food intolerance And then also what to do when you have already found or been diagnosed with a food intolerance. Um, But I want to start by saying I am not a medical doctor. I do not have my medical degree in in this. Um, I am speaking from experience. I have been on this journey. Let's see. It's going on six years that I have been full-fledged gluten-free. I am the most committed person that you probably will ever meet. I am extremely loyal to anything that I do, including this. So um, I'm going to be that person that is going to drop some truth bombs and give you a little bit of tough love because I care about you and because I've gone through the work myself and I can tell you and promise you that it's worth it. But let's just get started. I did a poll on social media this week uh, asking people if they would like to hear more or learn more about you know this topic and what my top tips are or any pointers that I can give and I was blown away about or I was blown away with how many people actually you know really interacted with that poll and and said that they would see the benefit so here I am and I just want to start by saying that this is something that might change in different chapters of your life Um, for example when I was first diagnosed with celiac disease I was also told to go gluten-free After healing my gut, however, I was able to introduce dairy back into my life for a short period of time with no issues, Um, but then I got pregnant, and we all know when you're pregnant or after you have a baby, like your body goes all out of whack, Um, and I am, again, dairy-free at the time at the moment. But one thing to understand is that everybody's different and there are different phases of healing for everybody. So if you are diagnosed with uh, celiac disease, you're going to have to go gluten-free forever. That's just, I mean, if you want to be healthy, it's just not something that's going to go away, unfortunately. Um, but a lot of times people will have like a dairy intolerance and egg intolerance or even like a soy intolerance, um, due to underlying gut issues that often like start with gluten. A lot of times gluten is, one of the primary foods that create havoc in the gut. And if you did not realize this, um, you can look it up. Like I said, I'm not a medical doctor, but there's a ton of information out there. Do your research. That um, the gut is where a lot of chronic illness is bred. So if you have a healthy gut and your bacteria is balanced and you're not giving your body foods that it can't break down, then you're likely, you're a lot less likely to have chronic illness or have other autoimmune diseases. Um, so 
this is good news because that means that even if you have a really bad gut right now, doesn't mean that it has to be like that forever. And in fact, if you eliminate intolerant foods, you might be saving yourself in the future in many different ways in regard to your health and different um, conditions that could evolve throughout time if you don't do something about it. So anyway, enough of the nerdy stuff. I just wanted to start with some symptoms that may be, you know, popping up or you may be experiencing on a regular basis that might indicate that you have a food intolerance. And um, there are different ways that you can go about really determining that, but let's start with the symptoms. So a lot of times people will just flat out experience digestive issues. You might feel like you're waking up bloated or by the time you go to bed, you look like you're pregnant, like five months pregnant, like you're so bloated and your stomach's so distended. Um, Maybe you have uncontrollable gas or maybe your bathroom habits are inconsistent. Maybe um, you're not going regularly or maybe you're going too much or after every meal or it's really just like the consistency of it seems off. Um, Maybe you're belching or burping a lot. Your skin might be dry, scaly. Um, You might wake up feeling like you're ready to go back to bed. You might experience cloudy mind, anxiety, depression, Um, you know, infertility, (laughs) that was a big one for me, loss of menstrual cycle. Like these are all things that you could potentially be experiencing. And the, the hard part is that not everybody experiences the same things. And I know that you're probably thinking like, oh great, like I obviously am experiencing at least one of those things. Well, we all are human, right? We all have different uh, things that we experience throughout time. But if you're experiencing a lot of those symptoms, um, then you definitely might be onto something. So myself personally, I was experiencing all of those things sometimes at once and sometimes in different phases, but I had experienced all of those things that I just mentioned. And so obviously it was very apparent to me that there was something going on and nothing was popping up in my blood work. And oftentimes it doesn't when you have a food intolerance, which just makes it really difficult. Um, Sorry, you're going to hear my kids screaming in the background because this is real life and I have three kids and honestly, they're always being crazy. So please just try to tune them out. Um, But anyway, my husband is with them just so you know they're not alone. (laughs) Um, So anyway, this is something that I experienced and I, it took seven doctors to diagnose me with celiac disease. So it might not be something that, um, somebody looks at you and automatically resorts to that. A lot of times doctors will try to go through preliminary testing and eliminate other indicators first, which is fine. But I think that, man, with the rise of people that are experiencing food issues because of the genetic modification of food, sorry, not sorry, that is exactly what is definitely contributing to this, in my opinion. Um, And it gets me so fiery mad, but I'm not going to go down that road today. So anyway, um, because of those preliminary indicators, like, you know, they're going to go through all of the testing first, and then usually food intolerances are at um, you know, the bottom of the list, unless you're seeing like a functional doctor, I really recommend functional doctors when it comes to food intolerances, because it's something that most of them really specialize in, um, or any metabolic, metabolic specialist. That's what I go to a metabolic specialist. He's like the best doctor. So if you're local, reach out to me and I'll give you a a referral. Um, the best doctor that I've ever had, but anyway, um, 
there are two things that you could do. You could actually invest in a food intolerance test, and that's a test that is not 100% accurate, but it gives you markers for foods that you're more than likely intolerant to. Um, And then you also could just go through the elimination diet protocols. So essentially, um, you know, let's use gluten for an example. If you wanted to go gluten-free, then you would eliminate gluten from your diet for X amount of time and you would just keep a journal where you um, indicate if any of the symptoms that you were initially experiencing changed when you went gluten-free and then you would go gluten-free for about like eight weeks and then you'd reintroduce it and then you would record what happened when you reintroduced it. Um, This is definitely not easy, okay? Let's just, let's just, Talk about the elephant in the room. This is scary stuff. You know, it's hard to change your habits. But we're talking about longevity here. We're talking about internal health and um, literally feeling the best that you ever have. I was so scared before I was diagnosed that there was something severely wrong with me. I felt sick all the time. And I was so young, you guys. When I was diagnosed, I was in my early 20s. And I had no idea what was going on. And then when I finally went gluten-free and I did this protocol per my doctor and I supplemented my body with um, what it was depleted in, because a lot of times when you are, you're consuming foods that you're intolerant to, you actually are depleting your body because your body is protecting you and it's not absorbing nutrients because your body is attacking your intestine and you're not absorbing nutrients anymore. So a lot of us, those of us that have been diagnosed with this are usually like vitamin D deficient and don't have any good bacteria in our gut um, and need some supplemental help. So my doctor put me on different supplements like vitamin D, vitamin B12, pre- uh, Uh, probiotic and magnesium oxide when I was diagnosed, also a fish oil, um, omega-3. But otherwise, after doing those things, I literally felt and still feel the best that I've ever felt in my life, just from what I've been putting into my body. And I've since added a new supplement regimen that has just changed my life forever. But I'm going to have to do a podcast on that. That's a whole separate one. So anyway, those are some of the the indicators that you might have a food intolerance in two ways that you can really find out. But now I'm going to dive into the nitty gritty of like what you really need to know. So first and foremost, I'm just going to give you a little tough love. When it comes to eliminating anything from your diet per this reason, like obviously I'm not talking about carbs or something for like weight loss. I'm talking about for your health. It's so important that it's 100%. Doing it 95% is not it's not healing you. I'm sorry. Like it's just, it's impossible to heal your body from the inside out. It's impossible to heal your gut without going over and beyond. And there are a lot of things that I'm going to tell you in your journey that you, that, that you shouldn't go overdo. You shouldn't over exercise. You shouldn't, um, over rest. You shouldn't overindulge. Like there's obviously like boundaries when it comes to your wellness journey, but when it comes to this, you need to be 100% in. Like it can't be, oh, I'm only in on Monday through Friday and then I'm gonna eat a little gluten at this party. No, it's it, it's literally not doing anything for you. When you have a gluten intolerance and you don't eat gluten, but then you do consume it, it takes over 10 days for your body to heal from that exposure, 10 days. And every think about it, every single time 
that that happens. So if it happens every week, that, that, that you're never healing, right? So it really has to be something that you're dedicated to. And you guys, I'm telling you, when I found out I had to go gluten-free, I freaked out. I literally freaked. I thought that I was going to be living this horrible life where I was just so secluded and I couldn't do anything and I never could enjoy myself, but I was wrong. I found a way and there are alternatives and there are support groups and there are really great brands out there that are gluten-free. And I'm going to give you some tips, so don't worry, but 100%. So what does that look like? It means that you're dedicated 100%, just like you are when you when you get married, when you become a parent. You're 100% in, no questions. So you need to deglutenize your house. Um, you need to make sure that you are, okay, let's let's talk about another big elephant in the room. What, what, what do you mean deglutenize my house? What about my family? Like I can't, I could never ask them to stop eating gluten. Okay, well, first and foremost, you could. If you have celiac disease and it's detrimental to your health, you could, but there are things that you can do that I will get to, to accommodate other people in your family. But when it comes to you, you need to stop buying food for yourself that has gluten in it. You need to find a reputable, reputable, trustworthy brand that you know is gluten-free. If we're talking about dairy, an example would be Daya. Daya is a well-known um, dairy-free brand that is trustworthy. For gluten, there's Glutino, there's Udi's, um, and a lot of the Wegmans brands are really, really great about labeling gluten-free. And then you also have to make sure your appliances are gluten-free. So you don't want to use the same old toaster that had your gluten bread in it. That's cross-contamination and that is still gluten, still getting gluten. Same thing with your sink. You don't want to use the same sponge that somebody is using with breadcrumbs on it. Absolutely not. You're still exposing yourself to gluten. So there are just some really important preliminary things that you have to do to set yourself up for success. And a couple of the things that we do and that we did that really help are as follows. So number one, our new toaster is gluten-free. And then we have an old toaster that is for regular bread if if in an in a bind if necessary you know we have what we call um a gluten blanket so anytime my kids are consuming gluten like a donut from dunkin donuts or pizza they eat on the blanket the blanket goes underneath them and then my husband cleans it up so i don't have to worry about those crumbs going into uh the sink we also have one designated area in the house that has gluten and those gluten items are only used under the supervision of my husband. I don't handle gluten at all in my house. I, I refuse to and my family very much understands and supports me and I appreciate that. Um, but if there is going to be gluten, you have to have a system. So that, that needs to be used with paper plates and spoons and then all you have to do is dispose of the plates and spoons. Um, so have those things on hand so that when somebody does eat gluten, you don't have to worry about washing them in the sink. All of our pots and pans and silverware are all dedicated to the gluten-free lifestyle that we live here. And for 98% of the time, we are gluten-free. Every once in a while, the kids have McDonald's or something like that. Um, I don't begrudge them of that, but we just don't use any of our utensils with that food. We just use paper plates and plastic silverware and we throw it away and it just makes life 10 times easier. And then another thing that's really important is just making sure that your family understands the importance. So my children, ages four and nine, 
understand the gluten rules in our house. They understand that they're not to eat gluten without supervision or on their gluten blanket. They understand that it's not supposed to go in the sink and they understand that mommy can get very, very sick. Um, so it's just a, a matter of communication and anybody that loves you or understands what it's like to go through an exposure, um, they'll comply and they'll, and they'll do it with love because my family has seen what happens when I get contaminated with gluten. I accidentally got gluten on vacation a couple of years ago and my entire body broke out. Um, and I was sick in bed for a couple of days, among other symptoms. So my family knows that it's just the real deal. And my husband really respects this too, because the whole reason why I was able to get pregnant after five and a half years of infertility was because of my dedication to this gluten-free lifestyle. So just take whatever food that you might be intolerant to and apply the same rules. I'm just using gluten because that's my personal story. But if it's soy or dairy um, or eggs or strawberries for that matter, follow the same protocol. Now, obviously when it comes to something like a strawberry or something, it's more simple than like gluten because a lot of the gluten is hidden in your, um, in your products. So make sure that if you are going gluten free or dairy free, that you look up the different names, um, that gluten or dairy might be called or even soy rather, they're not always called the word flat out. So it's important that you understand those words and you can look for them on a label. But you want to know what my big tip is? Don't even bother doing that. Just take the time to find a brand that you know, love and trust and stick to it. So for me, a lot of the stuff that I buy is Wegmans brand because I love Wegmans and they have gluten free written on their labels. So if it's something that I'm using and it doesn't have that G on it, then I know that it's more than likely not gluten-free because they've updated all of their stuff. And Wegmans tends to be a little bit less expensive than some of like the Udi's and Glutino and and uh, Char and some of those other gluten-free brands. Um, but I, I, when it comes to bread, I have uh, my Char bread. When I use uh, bagels for the kids, it's gluten-free Udi's or um, Bob's Red Mill gluten-free oats. Like there are certain brands of things and I just stick to that brand all the time. Um, I just don't change it because I know that what I'm eating at all times is safe and I don't have to worry about it. So that's one of my big tips is, you know, don't just buy something and assume it's gluten-free. Like, oh, it's a pickle. It must be gluten-free. No, save yourself the heartache and find one of the jars that says gluten-free because a lot of times people don't realize flour is used in um, different processing techniques to make something thicker or make it pour easier, something that you wouldn't even imagine having flour. So believe me, gluten is in everything. It's even in hand sanitizer. It's on the back of an envelope. Stop licking your envelopes. If you have any questions about this stuff, you can reach out to me personally because when I say I can talk about this for hours, I truly mean it. But I want to make this something that anyone can apply to their day. So again, if it's gluten, dairy, soy, anything, just follow this protocol and it will very much help you to get yourself feeling better. Um, Anyway, so last but not least, um, it's so important that you get into the habit of always asking questions. So I just want to tell you a little story to finish off this episode and then, um, you know, answer any questions that you might have through my email. I'm going to drop my email at the end of this, uh, at the end of this episode and you can email me any of your questions and I will personally reply back to everyone. So, um, okay. So when I went to this place, 
called it's called Sodders. So it's a store locally where I live and they package their own goods. So they have like a lot of spices and canned and jarred goods and and different things. And so I came to a display that had sprinkles for like Christmas. And they had like every single sprinkle you can ever think of. And I was like, oh my gosh, we can bake with this. Like this looks so good. So I looked at the ingredients and all it said was contains soy. And then I looked at the ingredients and I didn't see any of like my my um, red flag words for gluten. And obviously I wouldn't have gotten it because I'm soy free too. But still, I was very interested to see if it was gluten free. So anyway, I put it in my cart and I was just like, it must be gluten free. Like it would have said like, contains gluten because that's an allergen right so anyway it was like nagging at me the whole time I was at the store so I finally found someone and I was like I'm just curious can you find out if this is gluten free and she was like there's really no way to tell because she had no idea and I was like okay and she was like well would you like me to call the company and I was like yeah I actually do and I know a lot of people are like yes but like how could you ever inconvenience somebody how could I ever inconvenience them because I want to know if I could bake with these sprinkles one of the biggest things that holds people back from truly healing is they don't want to offend someone else. And I'm telling you right now, stop doing that. Stop doing yourself that disservice. Your health matters. If you continue down this road and you're consuming something that you're intolerant to, it will it will not resolve. Like it will turn into something worse. And I'm, I don't necessarily mean like, I'm not telling you that you're going to get like a different sickness, but it will not, it, it will only get worse. Your symptoms will compile and you will feel like crap. You have to give yourself grace and understand that this isn't something that you asked for and you have to just do what's in the best interest of you and your health and your healing. And so anyway, it took her two minutes. She called the company and she's like, they're actually not gluten-free. And I was like, thank you so much. I'm always like so kind and so grateful for anyone that goes out of their way to check for me, but they were not gluten-free. So this is my lesson to you. Even somebody that's been doing this for six years, I still have to ask questions. I still have to self-advocate because I know what will happen if I don't. It will be horrible. I will feel sick and it'll put me back into that position of feeling like I'm not able to get up and thrive like I deserve to. Um, It's a horrible feeling when you get contaminated. And listen, I'm not trying to scare anyone. In the first few months of going gluten-free, I definitely consumed gluten. It's a process. But I just want to encourage you that you can do this if you wake up every day with the intention of, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there, I'm going to put two feet in, and eventually I'm going to heal, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to grow, and I'm going to know how to protect myself. I'm going to know what what I can and cannot have. I'm going to know what's good for me and what's not. Because it's important, right? You're invested in your health. Um, But even people like me that are, we're on this journey forever. We always got to support each other and have each other's back. And this is me having your back. I looked at the label and I did not see any red flags and it still contained gluten. So you should always ask. And that's why you should always stick to labels that say gluten, dairy, soy, whatever your thing is free and it'll ease your mind and it'll keep you safe. And it's just a simple way that you can just go to bed at night and, and feel really proud um, and relieved that you don't have to worry about it anymore. Does that make sense? Snap your fingers if that makes sense. Okay, perfect. Perfect, perfect. So that is just like chapter one of what I could talk about with you guys on this topic. And as you can tell, I could talk about this like with my eyes closed in my sleep. It is something that I'm so passionate about. So if you have any questions, um, whatsoever, please reach out and email me. Listen, 
Another episode I'm going to do sometime this winter is going to just explain how this directly relates to my infertility that I experienced. I went five and a half years, hundreds of pregnancy tests, and I couldn't get pregnant. And I could not tell. I could not tell why. It was after I had already had a successful pregnancy too. Um, and it ended up being gluten, you guys. I stopped eating gluten and within like 8 to 12 months of not eating gluten, my cycle returned back to normal and I was able to get pregnant and I was able to get pregnant two other times after that. So there, it, it, it's just insane how what you put into your body really does matter and it really does impact your life, your future, and everything in between. And that is why I'm so passionate about the project that I partnered up with in February. It feels so good to be partnered with a company that I know exactly what I'm putting into my body. It's a wild source product, um, a step above organic, and it is all gluten-free and some of it's cold-pressed. Like It's the best of the best in my body is just thriving because it's so important to make sure that your body is not depleted of nutrients. Like so, so, so important. If you don't understand what I mean by that, please do your research. Please um, link up with a medical professional that you trust, that you know, love, and trust or a mission like this um, where you can really just learn and educate yourself on what it is that you should be doing um, and what you should be giving your body to become the best version of yourself inside and out and how to really heal. I can honestly tell you, um, my doctor, I just had my blood work done a couple of weeks ago and my doctor had said at my, um, appointment that this was the best blood work I've had since 2016. So it it feels so good to be at this point in my journey. And that's why I love helping others. So please don't hesitate to email me. It's Jen Petro Fitness. That's J Y N as in Nancy P E T R O fitness at gmail.com. And I'll be looking for your emails. I'm so excited to connect over this and to talk more about this topic. It's something that I'm so passionate about. And hopefully something about this episode inspired you to um, do this and to get yourself feeling better. So anyway, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week.